I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. At Dunkin', we're getting ready for sunnier days with our Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. A bright and balanced iced coffee with notes of cocoa, tangy sweetness, and toasted nuts. Made to brighten every day a little more. Soak in the sunshine a little more and fill every moment with a little more, more. Because we aren't just chasing sunsets anymore. We're counting sunrises too. Do more with Dunkin' Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. Brewed for brighter days. Enjoy a medium for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. You know what's all about the What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another action-packed edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio right here through Spreaker.com, C2CRadioShow.com, and all points in between. We're on iHeartRadio. We are on uh, uh, Amazon, of course, uh, Amazon Podcasts. We are on, so you could actually say, and let's see if this works, you could say Alexa Place Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio, and that would happen. Well, right did now, it work? Right now, my Alexa's going what? Way to go! Oh, I had the volume down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Your Alexa's like you usually ask me for porn. That's why we have the headset. That's why we don't have the speakers. <laughs> man, oh man! All out last night. We're gonna talk about it. We got lots of things to break down. But if you're hearing us. Right now, you're listening to us in a multiple location station. The Triple Threat, complete as always. Rob Hefner. Well, hello, folks. <laughs> Brian Taylor. So, Stan. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. It's always nice to have Coca-Cola handy when you do a show. To wet your whistle. To wet your whistle. Wow. Well, one day, one day that sponsorship will come. Keep putting it in the ether. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. I respect the technique. Coca Cola is like, why pay him when he does it for free? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and of course, I'm Stan Grubbin. We are the Triple Threat of Professional Wrestling. Lay live right now. Live is Monday Night Raw, or as I like to call it, Monday Night Rematch with the Brian. I think you said 175th rematch of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's some crazy number. And it's only yeah. September 6th. So, we got plenty of time. Can we hit 200? Can we hit 200? That's the question. And how many has AEW got? Like 17? (laughs) 18, maybe. Uh, I would say it might actually be in single digits. That's how few. It was like 16 before last night. Oh, is there an official official number? Yeah, there's like some crazy count going on for rematches. Well, guys, it would be uh, just foolish of us to not look at 
the landscape of the professional wrestling world has dramatically changed. In the span of 24 hours, maybe even 48. Wait, what? Did you just tell me to shut up? Listen, can, can I hijack just for a second, though? Let's go back 48, 96. Is that right? How many? 48, 96 hours ago. All right. I'm going to just bring this news to the world. Right. News. Apparently everybody news you can yeah. use. The superstar rock band ABBA is putting out a new album for the first time in 40 years. And I can't wait. ABBA, ladies and gentlemen. What a great weekend it was. Mama Mia. <laughs> and they're doing a virtual concert. Rock it down. That's because they're all in their hospital beds. No, 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 no. They don't look too much past their 60s, but virtually they can be any age. You know what I'm saying? The I can't music, wait to do Dancing Queen. I can't Ab- wait to Abba's do Abba's music Queen. is pretty ageless. I'll say that. I know. Dancing Queen, baby. I was going to give you a hard time, and then I started thinking about all, all, of, the, all of the hits that Abba actually had. So I can't really give you a you hard can. time. I can't. You can't. You can't. I want you can't. to. You can't. You can't, though. It, it, it's in my soul, but I can't do it. See, even Rob, who brings up Mamma Mia, right? It was a, yeah, right? It was a great, a great, uh, would you call it a musical, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, a great musical. Yeah. Well, Stan's mad because he always thought Dancing Queen was named after him. Oh, oh see. Wow. <laughs> but it was a pretty timely reference. Well, Well done, Rob. Well done. <laughs> I just finished watching. I just finished watching. Yes, man. I'm trying to stick with the program. Stay positive. Stay positive. Stay positive. See, I could be grumpy. I could be a grumpy old cornet oh, follower, and I could be like, ah, that that dork no. order. They drive me insane. But so, no. did he even respond today? Who cornet? Oh, yeah, I've been looking. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure our neighborhood cornet follower will tell us. We'll yeah, probably but, get I that mean, commentary later this evening after he finishes going ballistic for raw. No, but I mean, look. So what? Two weeks ago, he compliments on Punk. Yeah. Now you have quite possibly one of the best pay per views of all time. I said one of, not the. So everybody simmer down. One of. Right. And you get no response? Are we sure his he didn't have an aneurysm? Right? <laughs> Are we sure his head didn't explode and there's just a body with no head sitting on his couch? Like, I can't believe they pulled this off. Uh, I don't know. We... we uh, I get like times moment, where... What's that? Like that moment at a golden circle, like the Kingsman or whatever. It was like... Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's nasty. All of a sudden, he's sitting there, and he's like, you know, he looks at his wife's like, they did it. They really, and his head just explodes. <laughs> Gray matter everywhere. <laughs> the super kick count just goes. Oh, yeah. That's right. 25 super kicks. What the? <laughs> Blood guts everywhere. Poor indie wrestler in the back being tied down to watch his wife is suffering now. That's a horrible moment. But what wasn't horrible, but what wasn't bad, what wasn't even close to bad was last night's all-out pay-per-view. 
when we talk about landscape shifts, when we talk about how the professional wrestling world changes, it's not exactly like just turning left or right in a car. It's like taking a big battleship destroyer and trying to make it turn. It takes a dramatic type event to make the the landscape change. And last night, we may have actually witnessed that firsthand. Um, we will go through result by result, but I wanted to start with kind of the overall. When you talk about talent making a, a debut, even in what some might call small form, even though I don't know if I'd agree, like having Ruby Soho, formerly known as Ruby Riot or Heidi Lovelace, debut during the Casino Battle Royale. And that moment by itself, I mean, let's just kind of, we'll go debut by debut. The emotion that came from that moment, it was evident right there on the screen as the crowd is 100% behind Ruby Soho. And the delivery of her was great because we had the vignettes that led up to it. The she's running away. She gets her. She misses her plane or her train. Um, she steals a car and hears um, her old theme song, and kind of flips out and jumps out of the car. She tries to go to into a one bar. They ask her for an ID, and she's like having an identity crisis because she's got all these different IDs. I thought the way it led in. And the way we finally got it was was just genius. I thought it was really well done. Before you jump around, jump around, jump around, jump up, jump up, and move around. Oh, uh, <laughs> I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it was kind of pinpointed at the beginning. Like, you know, we all kind of knew that if she was going to show up, she was going to be the Joker. And... But I also like how that she went toe-to-toe with Thunder Rosa with the thought of maybe she's not going to get the shot right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But um, but I already, I mean, you saw the crowd. They were already into her music already, so. I'm not sure if maybe her music was more over than she was. I mean, as soon as the music hit, everybody's singing along. It could have been anybody that came down that aisle. They would have just been singing. Uh Jericho cried a little bit. He's like, they're supposed to only know mine. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, your thoughts on, on Ruby Soho? Uh, I don't know, man. I, um, I mean... I wouldn't say I was surprised, right? So, AEW has a terrible way of giving the surprise away, but still surprising you. Mm-hmm. They can't keep a secret. Yeah. I mean, they can, but it's the worst kept secret, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I'm glad for it, right? So, I'm glad for it. I, I, I thought the display of emotion... Um, it was just one of those moments, so organic, so, I mean, to me, it was emotional. It looked like she was about to tear up. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm happy for her. Um, I, I, still, I, I don't know if she would have been my favorite. I, you know, Thunder Rosa would have been mine, but uh, I am happy for her for the debut. Mm-hmm. 
I'd like to see what they're going to do. You know, I'd like to see how they're going to play it out. You know, I'd like to see a, a series with Thunder Rosa before she goes to the title. You know, Thunder Rosa comes out on Dynamite or something and says, you know what? You've been here a minute. You're taking my spot. You got to earn it. You got to go through me type thing. Um, yeah. I liked it because it, it really gave her a lot more in the way of credibility as well. It didn't just disregard the fact that she had done so much in her in her career up to that point. So her winning really came off as more of a, you know, you deserve it kind of moment rather than, wow, I can't believe they, they didn't give it to her. In other words, she had to earn it. And I thought that that was what they did well with that. Mm, I mean, again, I, you know, I thought I thought it was good for for the moment. Um, but I think I'm with Rob. I think I'd much rather see her in a program. I mean, I hope they don't pull the trigger on the next pay-per-view. Honestly, I, I, I'd, I'd rather see her um, face other people first before she just jumps right into a title shot. It's going to be interesting because in, in most times they – at least so far with the Casino Battle Royale, they've they've kind of rushed that title shot. Um, even with the face of the evolution, where um, TNT the TNT title with Scorpio Sky challenged Darby Allen, it was only a couple of weeks after he won that match. Um, so it's hopefully there's a long term plan. I'm sure that there is. I mean, they've demonstrated pretty clearly that they understand how to lay out a long-term vision and execute it. Um, I would say that with the women's division, the one thing that they can't afford to do is just be, and I don't think they would, but they can't afford to be willy nilly with it. They have to make a a decisive effort to continue with what they've been building. I mean, I think they just need direction, you know, I mean, they've got Britt Baker, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't, they don't lack for depth. Right. You know, they have depth. The problem is they're doing exactly what every other promotion does. They're dealing with the one match without having really any other things going on. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got your other wrestlers and you've got a couple of storylines here and there, but it's like there's no concerted effort of the division, and that's what they've got to be careful. Like you have so much talent, use it. Yeah, but I'm—I'll have to disagree there. If you go look at Dark and Elevation, most of the time, especially with the women's division, there are five or six matches per card that deal with the women's division, and they just do a clever way of having the matches, but not. You know, they want you to go look for it as opposed to we're just going to put it on TV. If you want to watch, go look for it type thing. Well, I think that I think that that's actually doing doing their women's division a disservice by telling people they need to go look for it. If, if you want yep. your women's division to be built, you need to put it on television. So do you want 12 hours of programming? I mean, I think about it. So dark is or elevation is what? Two, three. Two? They're, uh, both of them are two hours, I believe. Okay, so that's four. Then you have Dynamite is two. Rampage is one. 
right? Mm-hmm. Where do you want the first four hours of TV to go? It's really do you think depend. Elevation competes with Raw? No, not yet. So I can't put it there. I can't well, put I don't it know. earlier. Here, here's the thing. The wrestling well, does. <laughs> the story, well, okay. not so much. Okay, all right. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you, you can't put it against that. You can't put Dark against NXT. You can't do Impact because you're in bed with them on Thursday. And again, you know, nobody's going to give you the early time slot. I'm not, I wouldn't watch Dark at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So the only real way you can, uh, yeah, see, Rob's got a point. That kind of defeats the purpose, right? (laughs) Damn it. But, but again, you know, the, the, the two, the two shows are to help the talent like learn, right? So, Mm -hmm. and develop new talent, right? But again, they're, the shows aren't designed for TV, they're designed for the hardcore AEW fan that's going to take the time to watch them, and they don't care where they are. Because, again, it's just like Hobbs. Hobbs was on these shows, and now look at him. Red Velvet was on these two shows, and now look at her. I'm not saying she's ready for primetime, right? No, she could probably stand to go back down and, and just relax sure. a little while. Sure. But, I mean, there's plenty of people like this, right? But, again, when she finally comes up, the crowd loves her. Mm-hmm. So she gets her shot. She gets the experience of being on Dynamite, being in front of a crowd like that, being on national TV. There's all a lot of these little pressures built into this. That when she goes back down, she can apply it and come out better for it. But again, there there are it's no disservice. This there's no disservice being on these two shows. None at all. You know, again, if you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't want to watch it, don't. But you can't criticize these people for for them being able to manage their rosters in this way. You see what I'm saying? Like, remember when WWE had a program almost all the time, almost every night? I'm, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, you had the Monday show, you had like Tuesday show, you had a Sunday show, you had a Friday show. They were able to use their talent. They had the luxury of USA mm-hmm. because by then USA had bought into them, so they don't mind putting a show like that on TV. Mm-hmm. AEW is two years in, but it's not like they're not being used. It's not a disservice being on these shows because I lay money that if you flash forward and you you put 20 matches on Dynamite, the argument is going to be, oh, there's way too many matches. Because the matches are five, five and ten minutes apiece. Well, I feel like this. There's some room, not a lot. There's really not a lot of room in how they're putting their shows on television right now. I mean, outside of uh, QT Marshall, which I don't, I don't think he really needs to be on TV. Um, I, wow. You know, as I as I pinpoint it, right? As I really kind of think, there's only but so much time that I could actually see under the current dynamic of how they're producing shows on Rampage and Dynamite, there's maybe five, ten minutes. Maybe that you could maneuver around. That's a pretty tight, tightly run ship. Right. And, and again, do you want to see 
Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. Not that there's anything wrong with this matchup. Right. Main event Dynamite? No, no. Um, or would you much I'd love rather to see have more Layla Hirsch, though? Sure, but would you much rather have it on Dark? Uh, you know, that, that's a tough call because it's a benefit to be on either one. I can see your point there. I feel like when I, when I say it's a, a disservice to tell fans that they need to go and, and go and find it, just by the way it's laid out, I would say, okay, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, if you don't want to watch two hours of Dark or de- Elevation just for, because I honestly, I haven't watched Dark or Elevation in a little bit, just haven't had time, but in watching it, you do get a familiarity with all of those characters. For example, Hobbs, which was a good example, um, and how they get developed. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really have an argument for it per se. More of a back and forth. I just think that maybe there's some room, but not much, not much at all. Um, so let's do this. It, you're to your point. Jumped around a little bit at the beginning. I wanted to point out some of the uh, debuts and what all that stuff. What point are you talking about? The point where you what said point? I was jumping around. No, I was singing uh, House of Pain. He's just he's just telling you you're right, Brian. So you say, yes, I am. It's like, no, I was just singing House of Pain. <laughs> Rob sung House you, of Pain. You don't know how, Rob knows House of Pain. You don't know House of Pain. I know House of Pain. Jump around. <laughs> Jump around. <laughs> and then he, then he, he turns very nuts. That's uh, the Orange Cassidy version. Jump around. Jump up, jump up, jump up. Jump. Then he turns into Everlast. <laughs> hey, you know what and it's get, like. <laughs> yeah, 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 I couldn't remember the name of the song. <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna go in and do it, we're gonna do it all the way. <laughs> um, Wait, is that another one? Because I only thought he had the one song. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's actually got a few hits, and I don't know. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm not so great at that. Um, I do want to do a match by match rundown before we get into that, though. What match were you guys most looking forward to coming into this pay per view? Um, Brian, we'll start with you. Oh, the main event, of course. Cage Omega and Omega. Cage, yeah. Okay. Huh. Um, I guess because of the what could happen. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, you know, we just saw him, what, two weeks ago, uh, where Cage wins. So I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty crazy story. Mm-hmm. And it gave, it gave the the K, you know, the Christian fans, the the glimmer of hope, you know, that he was going to beat Omega for the AEW title. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, after watching the first one, I thought the first one was great. Why wouldn't the second one be great? Rob, was there a match that jumped off the page to you that you really wanted to see for this pay-per-view? Um, I was kind of excited uh, the Jericho thing. I wanted to see the payoff, you know. Mm-hmm. So not because we all knew Jericho. Like in your mind, you knew Jericho was going to win, but then you're like, it is billed as he will never wrestle in AEW again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean the 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 story delivery for that. I mean, I think we talked about it before with the five labors of Jericho. You could have honestly done the fifth labor as, you know, you know, for the career, but in this case, it really wasn't that wasn't that bad of a decision. Um, and this ma- that matchup actually came off really well. I guess for me, the match, of course, I was looking forward to the most. Um, 
yeah, I got to go with the, the obvious answer and say I was looking forward to CM Punk versus Darby Allen. I had no idea what to expect out of it. Um, oh, yeah, right. Well, I mean, <laughs> seven years is a long time to be out of a ring. So do you expect that he's going to have ring rust? Do you expect that it's going to be like uh, miscommunications? But honestly, that was kind of the the thing I really wanted to see the most. So, no, that doesn't shock me. I'm I'm with, I'm with Rob on this one. That doesn't shock me. I, it's the obvious answer. I mean, I I recognize that. <laughs> it's, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna oversell it and say that uh, you know that was the only reason I watched. That's that. Would just um, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Any other any other he had a countdown clock. Oh, I can't. I can't come. Well, See a punk. I'll be there. Jeez. I'm bringing cupcakes. Ah. I had I had to though, buddy. I had to. You bought it for me for my birthday. You said, "Stan, I'm, I'm getting you CM Punk for your birthday." I was like, "All right, man, I'll be there." <laughs> How do you say no to that? Who says no to that? That's Wrestling funny. fans around the world would be like, "He's insane!" If I had said no to that. Well, Are you that saying you only came to hang out with your friends because of CM Punk? I'm sorry. Bad connection. What? What? You wouldn't have come. <laughs> There's, well, this connection's horrible. Does that not work? Does that not work anymore? <laughs> All right, so let's start from the buy-in, work our way through the Hardy Family Office versus Jurassic Express and the Best Friends. Uh, nice little ten-man uh, tag, um, and honestly, very, very fast-paced. Went by quicker than I thought. And uh, hey, the right people won. The right guys won in the end, and that was Jurassic Express and Best Friends hard to really pick a point of this matchup that was outside of just the cool the cool factor a standout moment hmm we're talking about the match on the buy-in right yeah yeah the buy-in yeah um this was the buy-in match Mm -hmm. um god i I mean i really don't know i'm just kidding uh i thought it was a pretty decent 10-man match Mm mm-hmm um, I think everybody kind of got their ability to uh, get a little bit of shine. Um, I am quite impressed, though, that they worked in, um, like, the Varsity Blondes. Yeah. And uh, some of the others at the end, they were like, hey, run down there and just step in the ring and then come back. <laughs> here's here's a pay-per-view paycheck. Thanks, Thanks for coming yeah, here's out. A, yeah, here's, here's a paycheck. <laughs> Uh, let's see the the standout moment. I guess comes at the end of that, where the butcher returns and just does a mugging on Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, by the way, we joked about this during the match, really didn't do a whole heck of a lot, but probably because of the ending where he gets the holy crap beaten out of him, um, and then they tried to cut his hair. Mm-hmm. Which again, I don't I don't know why that prompts the rest of the locker room to come running out. Orange Cassidy is a national treasure. I understand that, but I mean, it's a to me, it's a clever way everybody gets a paycheck. So thank you, TK, for being TK, that type of our good buddy, that type TK. of owner. That's right, a, a fans owner for the fans by the fans. <laughs> well, I mean, if you watch the video where um, he's listening to CM Punk, you know, cut his return promo. And he announces that he's going to be there at All Out on September 5th. It's the most surprised face you've ever seen. You're like, what? 
he's really going to be there. Like, dude, you, you're paying him. You, you should know this. <laughs> like, was he thinking that CM Punk was going to be like, thanks for having me out. I'll see you guys next year. You know, like, was he waiting for something else to happen? He well, <laughs> so I, I'll say this, right? So this is the first pay-per-view that I intentionally went looking for these press scrums, as they're called. Yeah. Right? And so there was one with Khan. There was one with Khan and CM Punk, Khan mm-hmm. and Cole, Khan and Danielson, Khan and Soho. Mm-hmm. And I watched them today. And I, I don't know why I found them. I watched them. I thought they were kind of interesting. But apparently Punk and Danielson and Cole – were like, especially Cole, was like last minute type things, and they weren't even signed, right? So he didn't know exactly like if this was going to play out the way it played out. And thankfully, like Punk showed up and Cole showed up and Danielson, um, because I mean, remember Cole's only been a free agent for. A Friday. few days, yeah, yeah. since the 27th. Yeah. And see, Cole in his says he didn't even realize he was a free agent. He didn't think he was going to be a free agent until like November. Mm-hmm. So even Cole finds out somehow, is like, wait, I'm a free agent. Holy crap, let me call these guys, you know, and let them know so we can get the ball rolling. So... Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think that's kind of why Khan, you know, I guess he overreacted, which was great because it was a funny moment. But there was part of him, you know, according to what he was saying, that he wasn't sure this was going to happen this way. He didn't really know until things started, you know, within the last day or two. So there might have been a little bit of surprise in that one. Punk was like, yeah, I'll be here. <laughs> what a risk. What a freaking roll of the dice. Hey, I'm going to give you a live mic, and I'm going to let you be in our main segment of the show. By the way, don't don't crucify me while you go out there. Thanks very much. <laughs> no. <laughs> not a lot of people. Not a lot of people have the kind of balls that it takes to, to book that kind of segment and just hope that it turns out okay. That just doesn't happen very often. I don't. I don't think I would have. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, having the money that the Khan family has because they do have a lot. I don't know that even then would I feel comfortable risking that much. I mean, hey, you get the moment of the year basically with Punk coming back. That uh, well, until maybe last night, um, you get that moment right. That's that's twenty minutes you'll never have to worry about ever again that becomes just a, a staple in wrestling uh, history. But the the fact that you don't have anything on pen and paper is, uh, man, I don't know. That's, could you Rob, imagine? Could you do it? Yeah, good. Yeah, yes. What? Rob's going. He's not listening. Would you do it? Would you have taken that risk of not knowing What's going to happen? Not having a deal in place, and then say, "Yeah, go ahead, Punk. Here's here's a live mic." I would. 
on a handshake I that would. he's going to go out there and do the right thing. <laughs> I would because his history, his history speaks for itself. I mean, he wouldn't have the distanced history with the, your competition and then go out and be like, screw you, AEW, you know? Mm. Like, um, I think I think it was safe to say that Punk would have delivered and I would have taken the risk just because the buy rates the next day and the click rates would have been more than anybody could ask for. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough gamble, but it's also one that maybe you can feel confident in the fact that if you're a guy like Tony Khan, you have the the resources, so to speak, to keep yourself to keep yourself afloat. You know, you'll muddle through if for whatever reason it backfires. So it's not exactly like he didn't have people in his back pocket just in case. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. If it backfired, he's got enough resources. I mean, he's got enough talent on it. All he had to do was turn loose the elite on CM Punk. Right. You know, I mean, there would have been. Yeah, okay, you got me today, but guess who's going to make fun of you for the next two years? You know, right. I'll have your ass. So. The buildup of of All Out included a lot of different things. The, the joke we were telling here about Tony Khan and the, I guess it was the road to All Out. But also in the buy-in we had... Uh, a segment where Dan Lambert and team America's top team were there with uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I, I completely could have done without this segment. I made they've done nothing with this guy to like make me really say, yeah, that's great. I mean, it was funny in pieces, but not really because it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And unless you follow America's top team, which I'm sure a lot of UFC fans do, but I don't have a buy-in for it. Yeah, but so, I mean, you realize their story hasn't really even kicked off, right? They're just laying the foundation. I I sure hope so. <laughs> I sure hope that this. I love being wrong about it because if I'm wrong about it, it means that AEW yet again has got me, and I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. I don't mind being wrong, but thus far, I'm, I'm not so compelled to say, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I understand it's not like your cup of tea, but I think, you know, again, what AEW does is they tell a story. Mm -hmm. Some of them are quick. Some of them are very slow burn. Right. So if they if they rushed this and started it, say, on Rampage and you had another tag team show up. Where would you put them on the card? Who would you, who would you, what would you bump? Mm, you see that, what I'm saying? That's a tough call. Because Scorpio and Paige are very talented wrestlers. And I would imagine the two that finally answer the call are going to be very talented wrestlers. So you're going to have to give them their due. So I would imagine this, this is going to, burn all the way to the next pay-per-view mm -hmm. and they just need you know they just gave them 
five minutes to keep the story fresh in everybody's head. Rob, do you have any kind of uh, thought process at all on America's top team and Dan Lambert on AEW and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page? I thought it was stupid. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just thought it didn't. It didn't. I don't understand it. I mean, granted, maybe I just need to pay more attention, but it just seemed out of the blue, you know? Like, oh, hey. And then nothing. Well, I mean, yeah, and and I think Brian might be right. Nine times out of ten when it comes to AEW, Brian has been right. But this could very well be the – I know, it kind of pained me to say it, but I had to put it out there. Um, You know, this could be the the bricks being laid for a foundation of a story. Um, And like he says, maybe somebody does answer the call. But for this entire show, we didn't know going in that this would be the only moment realistically that we would have to go to the bathroom or go get food because otherwise we were going to miss something. (laughs) I mean, it was pretty fast-paced. Yeah, like I said, five hours felt like nothing uh, during this pay-per-view. Yeah, it went by really quick. It really yeah. did. Um, we we started the pay-per-view itself with uh, Eddie Kingston and Miro, and, and the one thing that I said was, I hope that this is just an all-out fight, just a brawl all over the place. And I got my wish. I got my wish because this was a hell of a fight between these two guys. Um, the build-up for this match wasn't wasn't splendid, but... It was good because it got us a chance to give Eddie Kingston, to get Eddie Kingston in a matchup where, man, he might just beat the piss out of this guy. was a thought process. Now, it didn't necessarily guarantee it was going to happen, but we got to see finally Miro on the ropes. Finally Miro like, oh, wow, he might actually lose this. And then he comes back and hits the, uh, he he redeems Eddie Kingston's nuts with a a great old-fashioned donkey kick. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, wins wins the matchup after uh, what did he he hit that kick like three different times before he finally ended the match by pinfall. Yeah, I mean it was a great way to start the pay per view. I mean, like you all had said, it was like I think Brian was saying that he would have started it with um Jericho, I thought, or something mm-hmm. like that. But like, I mean this. You started with your guy who can deliver. Miro has delivered even before he was in AEW. Like it's it's just he didn't get the due that he deserved. Mm-hmm. You know? But the way he's got his character going now and the way he's the, the matches he's doing, it was a great way to start. And you gotta give Daddy Kingston for standing toe to toe with him. You know? And bringing that match as well to start the night. So yeah. I think it was a good uh, 10, 15 minute matchup. Brian, what did you think about the TNT title match? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll have to say I was, I guess, wrong uh, in what I told y'all that I'd like to see Jericho go first. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't expecting, like, right out the gate for them to just start throwing blows. Um,. I mean, it really, I mean, like, as far as, like, psychology, uh, I thought that was a, you know, looking back, that was a beautiful way to start that show. 
because he got the crowd into it. He got the crowd, you know, up and moving. And, uh, you know, Miro is, is a perfect TV champ. Um, because he, he, you know, again, to me, like the, the mid card, um, titles are just as important as your world title. Um, because you want to be able to put them on somebody who, um, looks good, Mm -hmm. can defend it successfully. You don't really have to worry about, um, you know, the average Joe looking like they can beat them. Um, and you know, Miro, he's a, he, Miro's a special talent. Um, Eddie Kingston showed that he can, you know, have a title run and make it look good, uh, as a singles competitor. So hats off to him. I am going to have to try and find me his t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> redeem these nuts, Brian. Yeah. Re- redeem these nuts. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, I wasn't expecting, um, for them just to go out there and start throwing elbows, mm-hmm. you know, throwing chops. I, I was kind of expecting them to try and have Eddie drop him on his head, you know, so many times it wasn't funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it turned into a nice brawl. The the thing I was worried about was that they were going to slow it down to a point where Eddie Kingston couldn't do anything. Most of the matches where Eddie Kingston has had any kind of feud going on, it's been slowed down so much that he can't move. Can't get in there, can't do a, can't do any punches, can't do any kicks, can't do any suplexes. But this time was completely different. They really allowed for him to to expand and it just it spoke volumes to the chemistry between these guys. Um, and I loved, absolutely loved the fact that the DDT was sold like, oh my God, that could be it. It could be all over right now. And had it not been for the, the amount of time it took for him to make the cover and then get the ref in position, it really could have been the end. I was really happy to see that, actually. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's going to be able to topple Miro. I have a feeling it's going to be Fuego Del Sol. Get Get, get, go, go to the other room and Rob have the show for a while. You're in time. <laughs> Why? It, You're in think time about out. it. Get, it's long-term get, storytelling. Get out of here. I that's thought he was talking to one of his. Storytelling. One of his... That's, that's bobbleheaded type. No, that's, it's, it's the underdog. That's like title. That's like no, no, no. Yeah, See, because the next guy that fights him is going to beat the piss on him. Who He's are so you? Small. Who are you to question the ability of Fuego Del Sol? I mean that that would only mean that uh, what's his name uh, Marco Stunt negative gets one it. yeah yeah Marco Mar- Stunt <laughs> negative one gets ah oh, damn it now you said Marco that's ruined it's ruined I had a great idea and you ruined it with Marco no I, I mean you're talking no long-term your story. idea was ruined as soon as it came out of your mouth yeah Ouch. I mean you're talking long long term story well Marco and negative one are itching to go at each other what better way <laughs> to put a TV title in the yeah, but by the time it's actually legal, Marco will be retired. <laughs> yeah, but with with him, you could do some the 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 what do you call it the the cinema match. Oh God, <laughs> where you could probably get away with you know an, a, a wrestling match. Oh great! Now now I'm just you're booking uh, it. You're booking it. I'm booking it. Yeah. Look what I've done. <laughs> Although I will say, Tony does not like to have other people book his stuff. So I did see that. 
on the the meteor scrum. Oh, now you're booking it. Ah, I mean, he's talking to Daniel Bryan. <laughs> that like, was hilarious. Like, <laughs> you you want to book the venues? That's fine. I'll yes. step out and let you do that. I was like, damn, dude, get a little possessive. He was. He gets a little protective. <laughs> Stop. He's like, don't. No, 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 no. I'm in charge. Oh, okay. Somebody asked but him yeah. on the, one of the the pre media calls about the creative. Uh, he's like, I'm creative. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, sir. Yes, sir. Damn. But watch. In November, we're going to have negative one versus Marco Stunt in one of these uh, uh, cinema matches. Well, we've and you'll already... have heard it here. You have heard it here. Legit, definitely here first. There's no way you can make it up. And they'll be like, oh, they, they have been telling the truth for it's 20 years. It's already been proven that there's a microphone in your home that AEW, <laughs> because we heard it on commentary last night. You yeah. would say it, they would say it. You would say it, they would say it. So don't don't play. Don't screw around with this. You, the only reason you said that is probably the microphone probably picked it up, and that's what we're going to see on Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> don't play that with me. Be, that would be like, no way. I would immediately take to every social media outlet in the world, be like, I caught it on this day, you dirty little bees. Oh, they'll just make fun of you on BTE, and it'll all be over. Hey, that's cool, because then, then that'll help boost the ratings for us. <laughs> and don't think I won't come after them, too. I know your moms. Whoa, whoa, Mr. whoa. The what, Jackson. How, would you, how dare you, sir? I know your moms. I've got her on, I've got her on the Facebook. Hey, or is she, it Twitter? their no, mother is a saint. It's on one of them. I'm, I'm not saying she's not. But I got a way to get at you, too, that a lot of people may not. Oh my God! This is abnormal. And she followed and odd. me. She followed me. I didn't follow her. She followed whoa, me. Whoa, whoa! Hey, nobody's following anybody over there, buddy. Jeez. So she's stalking me in the Twitterverse. That would freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's it, you know, again, you know, it's like ringside collectible. Like, you, oh, let me follow them. And next thing you know, they're like, they follow you back. Like, what? What? The, where did this come from? Did I? I was, uh, we got home from, we were all together at your place watching, watching the pay-per-view. I think we said that at the top of the uh, show and we get home and as soon as I got home, I turned on, you mentioned the media scrum. So I turned those on, on YouTube and one of, uh, one of my friends through YouTube, it's uh, his name's Ango. He runs destination pro wrestling and he had just left the stadium and he said he wasn't going to go to bed cause he had to be at the airport in like an hour. But he said that the amount of energy leaving the building was insane. Just the chance. Uh, we had, uh, I think it was Sonny that told us that they were they were chanting F the Young Bucks when they were <laughs> leaving the arena. I mean, that's just, God, that's a good feeling. To see that kind of stuff going on, to hear about that kind of stuff going on is awesome. I agree. I, you know, I, I made the comment, uh, I think, before Rob showed up. That we should have found a way to be there. And now I'm more convinced than ever uh, that the three of us should have found a way to be there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would have um, that would have been just amazing. I can only imagine. I mean, I, I played a snippet of the new Adam Cole theme, which, by the way, what, what is it these kids call it? It's a banger. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. Um, I sound so stupid when I say it's a banger. Jesus. Anyway, all I'm saying is um, hell of a night. Getting back into our results, let's see. We had Satoshi Kojima versus Moxley. 
Um, I gotta be honest, I'm not incredibly familiar with F Kojima. Um, I know that we've seen him in New Japan, but I don't think I've seen much of his work before. Brian, can you tell me a little bit about Kojima? Mm, I mean, it's been a while since I really paid attention to New Japan, but um, Kojima is, is, you know, of course he's older, so he would be, you know, one of these older talents, um, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of helped um, New Japan make a name for itself. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, once I got rid of New Japan World, um, which I guess I'm going to have to try and weasel my way back into. Um, I haven't seen a lot of these guys. Um, but, I, you know, I, again, here, here he's a perfect example of uh, Japanese strong style. Okay. Right? Because, I mean, he's like a, a, a brick house, right? <laughs> I mean, he's a big guy. He's got that particular shape. Uh, you, you can put them with Moxley because they can go toe to toe. They can throw, throw gloves and, you know, they're, you're not going to get any of these, uh, you know, like, uh, when I, the, the leg, the leg slaps, right? Right. You're not right. going to get them. Like you, if you go back and listen to this match, right, you can hear his forearm on Moxley. Right, uh, there, there's the part of the match where they're just throwing these forearms into each other. Mm -hmm. and if you go back and listen, you can actually hear these, right? And you can tell they're not slaps because you know his one arm is off, up in the air, right? right. And Moxley's is up in the air because Moxley's getting ready to throw one into Kojima. And I mean, again, this is this, this is what strong style looks like. A cagey old veteran that's built like a brick house that you can just go in there and smack around and expect to get smacked around. But at the end of the day, um, they put on a good match. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it, it would definitely surprise me. Because again, being not but so familiar with Kojima, I really didn't know what to expect. Although the way that you know, Excalibur and the video package and Moxley built it up the way they, they kind of hyped it. You know, I had high hopes. I was pleasantly surprised. It was a great little fight between the two. I say little, like it wasn't a very long fight. I think it was 12 minutes. So it's a pretty good amount of time for the amount of, the amount of stuff they were throwing at each other. But I well, think, I mean, and you can't have that hairdo without being a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't walk down stat down down Main Street with a hair shaved like that and not be able to take care of yourself. I mean, that's that's a fair point. I think uh, I think Rob's talking about the 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 first surprise of the night, which I was stunned. I had not seen anything at all that had hinted at Minoru Suzuki making his AEW debut. But as he said, the the hairdo that who, who's going to tell him his hairdo doesn't look good? I'm not going to do it. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say nothing. That's right. He had a great looking hairdo. It looked awesome. Minoru Suzuki comes down, and we got another three or four minutes of Mox and Suzuki beating the hell out of each other, and then 
Suzuki says nope and tapped him out. Cap- choked him out, rather. Now, hey, listen, so I will say that I'm much more familiar with Minora um, than Kojima. Mm-hmm. Right? And the reason why is because I am quite fascinated by Minora. Right? So he would, to me, when I was in the New Japan world and watching it and getting the pay-per-views and getting the little mini pay-per-view type tournament shows and all this stuff. This is, this, this guy's one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. right? Because this guy, like he takes strong style to a very hellish level, right? This guy's an animal. He's a beast. He's a monster. You watch him and he will put the fear into you, right? Like, like if I'm wrestling New Japan, I, I in my name in the back is penciled beside his, beside him. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna try and figure out a way to erase the name and then <laughs> quietly get out of the arena, right? I mean, he takes strong style to an unparalleled level. This guy's a monster. He's a tank. He doesn't. I mean, like, he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't get hurt. He, he just, he will attack you, and he's rabid. <laughs> you know I mean? That, to me, that's the best description I can get for you. This guy's a monster. He's mm-hmm. a beast, and I cannot wait for Wednesday. I believe it's Wednesday. Isn't it yeah, Wednesday? this coming Wednesday night yes. from Cincinnati, Ohio, from Na- Nasty Natty, which I learned means Cincinnati. Didn't know that before. Uh, it'll be John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki on AEW Dynamite. That's going to be a great, great fight. I can't wait to see it. We get into the AEW Women's Championship and Chris Statlander challenging Dr. Britt Baker. <coughs> D. M. D. There we go. Well, well, well. What do you start with on this? How about Chris Statlander looking, I mean, just like a star? Can't take anything away from that. How about Britt Baker solidifying, having a statement match, really, as champion? This is uh, probably the best Britt Baker has looked in quite some time. I I would say that you're going to be hard-pressed to get this title off of her now because now that she's hitting her stride, whew, how do you top this? Thunder Rosa. Whew. See, that's... that's <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Rob's bringing Rob's bringing the heat early and often today here because he just puts Thunder Rosa out there in the mix. But uh, it, we may not even get to that point because if 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 the winner of the Casino Battle Royale has anything to say about it, I mean, who knows what happens here? But let's talk about the matchup, Rob. What would, what did you think about Baker and Statlander? I thought it was a hard hitting match. It was. It reminded me of what. You know, uh, it reminded me of Becky and Charlotte and Becky and Sasha. You know, like, it wasn't that, oh, we're just going to lay here for a little while and we're going to move around. But it was, we're going to hit moves. Because obviously Statlander was bigger than Baker. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Statlander could literally lift her up and just be like, over there. You know, like. Right. But, uh, but you know, they the, the back and forth it went and... um the believability is what I was trying to say. You know, the, the believability in it. Um, I mean, I was kind of hoping Stoutlander was going to do it, but you know, it, it, it wasn't time for 
Britt Baker to lose the title. You know, just like Kenny Omega, like, you know, we're going to talk later, but it's just not, it's just not time. And that's one thing I think AEW believes in is they just don't take belts off people to take belts off people. They've no, gotta be, there's got to be a reason or a, or, or a motive, you know? Yeah. So, thought it was a hard hitting match. I'd like to see how it continues. Yeah, this would but be a I match agree. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing them run it back. No, and I, and I agree that the Britt Baker we see today, if they would have put the belt on her at the beginning, it wasn't believable. Mm-hmm. You know, because everybody knew her in-ring ability didn't match. You know, she wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. But this this thing she's got going on, the storyline she's got going on, and what she's doing in the ring and her vignettes and interviews have improved so much that it's all coming together. So it's a pretty huge compliment when you consider the fact that Britt Baker has only been performing as a professional wrestler for a short period of time. I think it's less than 10 years, might even be less than five. Um, But in the two year time span that she's been with all elite wrestling, going from what many called the the face of the women's division at the very beginning and people were like ah, i don't see it i don't get it we even we even talked about it in the early stages of man she's she could be great but we all know because like, she's missing a few pieces and then just to see the evolution brian Britt baker i mean what do you th- what do you think of a statement matchup like this so, so for me in this one, if you'll let me go backwards just a little, sure, to then move forwards, right? I I am so like excited to to watch her, and I, I I mean I don't know why, right? Because we we you know the first pay per view mm-hmm. way back in January of nineteen, right, where she was in that match, and we were all just kind of like. She doesn't belong. You know, why is she even here? What are you, you know, what are you doing? She's got new skills. She's raw. She's, you know, whatever. And then we see her on TV, you know, and the matches aren't that good. Mm-hmm. Right. They're lacking They're You know, again, like you said, there, she's missing pieces. And then all of a sudden, boom, her nose gets rearranged on her face. And you find, I don't, I, I mean, that's, it's, I don't know who came first. Did Becky come first or did Britt come first with the nose breakage? Becky. I mean, cause I mean, it's just so weird that you would have two people mm-hmm. with similar injuries and on the backside of it, they become something completely different and so fun to watch. Right, because who doesn't love watching the man? Right. And now, you know, on the other side, we have Britt Baker, who, I mean, to me, is not just the face of the women's division. Right. She could very easily be in the running for face of AEW. I mean, she improves weekly. She gets better. Her mic skills are unparalleled. Uh, you know, in the women's division. Um. She had perhaps one of the greatest women's matches of all time with Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. And now flash forward to Statlander, who was undefeated, if I remember right. 
Yep, that's correct. Who I'm sure there were a lot of people was like, if there's somebody that's going to beat her, Statlander. And she actually wrestles with Statlander. Mm-hmm. Right? There's, you know, there were very few mistakes. Right? It looked good. It moved. It flowed. There was back to back, you know, back and forth, and she took on a bigger opponent. And at the end, she just wrecked her. <laughs> In like three or four moves, she showed you why she's a champ. Right? I mean, she just, at, at the very end of that match, when she just started wrecking her, she wrecked her. Like, I'm the champ, I know I'm the champ, and I'm going to prove it to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to curb stomp your face into the mat, and I'm going to put my finisher on, and you'll be knocked out, and you won't have the choice but to give up. Yeah, there's so much that happened within this matchup. Statlander had a lot of great power moves that, to your point, really could have been Statlander wins. My question would have been after that, though, where does Statlander go? Because had Statlander won... You didn't immediately have, unless it's rematch time, you know, a line of people that you expected her to face. They would have developed it, I'm sure. But in this case, it was more like, okay, so Britt Baker kind of has to come away the victor here. Okay, how do they do that? Because Statlander, up to this point, has been able to turn back Jamie Hayter and Rebel and Britt Baker at different points. Not completely successfully, but mostly to, to come out unscathed. In this matchup, we see a head-to-head fight that really was out of character for Britt Baker. I don't think we've ever seen Britt Baker have this kind of a showing, which is fine with me. I'm totally okay with her performing at this level from here forward because she's going to have to. <laughs> now we're getting spoiled. <laughs> now we're now we're coming into that rarefied air where she's like, oh, you better pay attention because you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, I felt like... With Orange Cassidy, who is normally very muted, very much, you know, to his character, as he kind of breaks away from that, he slams the sunglasses off of his face and he's hyping, hyping Statlander to get back in the ring, uh, unfortunately, to get the crap beat out of her in <laughs> three minutes after she gets back in the ring. But these were the, just the different dynamics, as, as we pointed out, the psychology, the storytelling that AEW has managed to put together very, very well. Um, great matchup. And, and wasn't there a move? Uh, what did Baker do off the top rope? Ah, uh, yes. The uh, we would know it as the Panama Sunrise, but we will now call it the Pittsburgh Sunrise as she hits the uh, the top rope destroyer that uh, Adam Cole usually does. We should have taken that as a sign. Oh, Nothing yeah. else. We should have taken that as a sign. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. It's not like they don't embed everything they do. With- Right. So what's going to come down the pipe? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, but again, she, she, there's no way she would have been able to pull that off eight months ago. No, n- not believably. No. Yeah, there's no way she could pull it off last year. There's no way she could have done it in 19. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that just goes to show you her constantly evolving and changing and getting better and. I, I, I mean, I, I actually enjoy Britt Baker. I think she's one of the highlights for any AEW show, mm-hmm. which is crazy compared to where she, where I first saw her. Last night's matchup between Statlander and Britt Baker made me, even though I like Ty Conti a lot and I wish that Ty had won the title, 
I may I now feel like okay, well at least I can look at Britt Baker and say, well, it makes sense that Baker is the champion. Like Conti really earned it in my opinion. I felt like that was a, I mean, this is a golden opportunity we have. But having her beat Sheeta to me wouldn't have made sense. Having her beat Britt Baker when Britt first won the title, I was like, eh, I don't know. That's that's a tough call. But now it's like okay. You can still build back to that title match. You can still build Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa and maybe even Nyla Rose again. I don't know. But you still have these opportunities with Baker that still stretch and go the distance. And, I mean, it's really going to be good to see. Well, you know, I, I guess it would come down to TK, you know, our good buddy TK. TK! Fishing pals. Right? So... You know, there's no glass ceiling in AEW. Correct. And I think this is what we've been missing since John Cena mm-hmm. rose to power. So you're talking how many years? Somebody help me out here. How many how- years when Cena would have been at the height of popularity before they started the Cena suck stuff? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he was still popular. But before but- then, I mean, he was he was unparalleled. As far as popularity. 05, 06, I I guess, right before he lost RVD. Yeah, I mean, so it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. And and to me, it's it's just weird watching this unfold. Even though I'm a a, a diehard AEW fan, right? There's no question about it, right? It's, It's weird. Mm-hmm. watching these people be given an opportunity and then not be like saddled, not be brought down to earth. Like, Hey, they got the hot hand. Let's ride it out. Let's make them bigger. The bigger they get, the more money we make, the more money we make, the you know, the more we can dump into the company. I mean, it's just, it's crazy that this, that what's going on there for for me, especially with like Britt Baker. Yeah, I mean, it's mm. the next challenger. It, we know it right now so far is Ruby Soho. But after that, it, the sky's the limit. Really, you've got a lot of different people you can go go with. We go from a statement title match for Britt Baker to a cage match that, man, it encompassed so many different things. Violence, uh, drama, Lucha Libre a little bit. It had high flying. It had super kicks. It was a Jim Cornette special. I mean, goddamn, what a matchup! Tag team championship between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Um, I, I should call my wife in here for this so we could talk about the bloodlust that happened during this matchup because, damn, she loved it. She did. She adored it. I would, but she's she's busy. So let's start with Rob. Uh, no, we started with Rob on the last one. Let's start with Brian. Brian, Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks steel cage match. I'm crying inside. I, can't, I just can't right now. Why? Why are you crying inside? The Young Bucks lost. It's okay. It's okay. They can lose. You had to go there. You had to start with me first. I can't do it. <laughs> it's, it's because dramatic. he rooted against them for the first time ever. Well, no. So I, you know, I. I don't know. I don't know why. Right? Calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, thanks, Rob. Now, now the now the jig is up, and I can no longer. <laughs> I can't hide. <laughs> Mama Jackson's after you. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I don't know what it is, right? So, uh, the, you know, every time these teams are together, they have great matches, right? Mm-hmm. And then last night didn't disappoint. It would be one of the, one of the uh, to me, one of my all-time favorite tag team in a cage matches. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, again, you know, it's one of these things where you expect, oh, it's in a cage, right? But that, how's it? That, that's not going to stop the elite, right? Right. You know, we've seen plenty of cage matches where they get in through the door, lock the door back, or climb over, whatever, beat the piss out of people, right? But it was none of that. It was it was a pleasant surprise that that we had a tag team match of that caliber. And the only shenanigans were part of the match. It wasn't like there were outside interference shenanigans. I mean, even Cutler didn't get anywhere close to that cage, which, you know, he could have easily gotten close and, you know, probably used the spray or whatever. There's no spray. It's just a, a well-put-together tag team match. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out how I was like, it's time for the Bucks to lose. Mm-hmm. All right. But I said it, you know, I told y'all last night before the match, you know, I think even before the pay-per-view started, when you and uh, Q were talking about, you know, uh, what y'all picked in the, in the poll, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, to me, it was just the time was right to, to pass the titles on and, they did it in spectacular fashion, and I hope Penta is not too scarred up because it looked like he was bleeding like a stuck pig. Um, yeah, I almost wanted to see Phoenix uh, hit the hit the uh, pile driver move off the top of the cage for the win. But oh my god, no! Yeah, that would have been. <laughs> but it would have been crazy, right? Look at the oh, one move yeah. that Matt took. The yeah. destroyer he took, and it looked like his head literally was what propels his body off the off the mat. Yeah, that was just so well done because the landing of that coming off the top rope destroyer. I mean, he we've seen enough pile drivers to know that you're going to somehow pop out, right? But he right. did it in a way where it wasn't popping up and out. He just popped, and he kind of lands forward, where it almost is like a flat face bump. And it was just like, damn, how the hell did he do that? And much less get up afterwards, because that's pretty ridiculous. I I mean, it was, to me, it was beautifully worked match, Mm -hmm. right? There were shenanigans with the, uh, uh, what is it, Uh, the the Nike shoes, the Travis uh, Scott, I think they were, or whatever, Nikes, but... I mean, it, it was just, again, one of these beautifully written matches that happen from time to time that just makes sense. Right? <laughs> it just, it made sense. No ref bumps, no outside interference, mm-hmm. bloodletting because it is in the cage. And at the end of the day, the, the, the better tag team wins, the more deserving tag team. Yeah, there's been one thing that we've been saying and a lot of fans have been saying as well when it comes to the Young Bucks and the rest of the quote-unquote EVPs is that we just hope that they don't immediately strap gold on their waist and then never let it go. And that's the one thing that I think we can all agree has been something we can be grateful for 
that they haven't done that. They've been very giving and accepting of other talents. And honestly, they're just doing business the right way. Rob, your thoughts on uh, the tag team cage match? It was great. <laughs> it was great. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought it was like, like, like we said back with Britt Baker and we said, you know, other times, you know, titles don't move just to move. Titles move when they make sense. And um, this made sense. I mean, you think about this tag team have been there since the beginning. And they didn't get the shot. You know, they didn't get the, the rub, I guess. And so, you know, here we go. And what kind of match would be their forte? The match, this match in the in the cage was more their forte than it was the Bucks. Mm-hmm. You know? The hard hitting, the flying, the, you know, I mean, I agree with Brian that I hope Penta is doing okay because when he took that cut, when he took that foot with the tax on it, like I said last night, it looks like everybody else took a direct hit. He kind of took a glancing blow and then the blood went to flowing. Um, but just... It was a quality match from beginning to end. Um, there wasn't as much bad spots as a lot of people have put on, you know, one of those predictable spots where they're like, oh, yeah, well, you'll do this, I'll do that. Um, I will say the amount of blood the other people had, I was kind of disappointed that both the, that the Young Bucks didn't bleed more. But you know what? <laughs> but, you know... Um, they're like, we're the EVPs. We'll bleed a little bit. <laughs> one of them will bleed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the other one's like, I ain't no, I ain't no stupid. <laughs> Take the tack on my hairline, Mom. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, like y'all said, I mean, it'd just be kind of re-saying everything. It's just one of those, the match was quality. Um, did it go a little too long? I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard some people say that the match was too long. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel like it fit. Could it have been shorter? Sure, it could have been shorter. But you know what? They were telling the story, and it wasn't noticeably like, oh, my God, how much longer, you know? Right. Um, but, and if anything has shown me on these pay-per-views, the Bucks matches go longer. You know? <laughs> like, if you look at the, the other pay-per-views the Bucks matches usually are longer than normal. So, um, but quality match again. I mean, this pay-per-view so far has been quality from jump. Yeah. The, the things that I, that stood out to me about this matchup, the, the thumbtack Nike, no one's ever going to be able to forget that. Um, and with all of BTE, we joked about it last night about how they've been going out and, paying higher than retail value for all of their shoes just made it anybody that's following BTE and AEW sees it. Hey, look, it's demolition cross. I mean, carrying cross on raw, um, looking at this tag match, looking at how they put together and just all the little pieces, like the Nike, I was just talking about how they got the thumbtacks on it. And then BTE today where you see him gluing the tax to it made it all the more, important so that when you remember Rob was talking about Pentagon or Penta 
getting his face just not just he didn't just get hit with the the, the shoe, but then it stuck to his face and mask, and then they kind of grinded it on his head for a second and then let him go. Which I mean, he was already a bloody mess before that happened. This is I mean, before he jumps in front of Phoenix to take the the super kick with the with the Nike. The t- the thumbtack Nike. I'm not even sure how to refer to it. Um, the Nike. The, 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 the Nike. Yeah, there you go. Um, before he takes the super super kick, there he is already a bloody mess. But then he gets hit with it, and it. Rob, you were right. He it was like a glancing blow at first, but he just kind of lays there, and then all of a sudden they're like, "No, no, that's not enough." You're like, "What? What?" And then they just grind his face into the damn shoe. Blood going everywhere. I mean, there was a lot of blood lost from Penta. Um, and it was, Rob, you make a good point. This this matchup that we saw last night has just been a good indication as far as Young Bucks matches are concerned. Say what you want, because I'm not a big fan of 45 super kicks, and I'm certainly not a fan of kicking out of every single finishing move. But their matches deliver in a pretty big way. They go a long time, so it's not just you get 10 minutes and that's it. No, this was... Might have been thirty minutes. I want to say it was at least twenty-five. Um, it didn't feel didn't feel too long to me. And honestly, I was really enjoying it. I was surprised that the Lucha Brothers won. I was really prepared to see the Bucks successfully defend um, and then move on to the next team because I feel like the build-up is really more towards Jurassic Express. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe we are seeing the Lucha Brothers finally get their run. Well, first, if you watch BTE, those tacks, they're mm-hmm. not your normal sh- short ones. No, they were actually really long. <laughs> like extra long, yeah. So you don't see it in the pay-per-view. But mm-hmm. on BTE, where he turns it sideways or it's sitting sideways, I mean, these things were like extra long. Yeah, they look and, like almost like hypodermic needles. Like, what the hell? Yeah, so now it all makes sense when... Mm-hmm. You know, he his Penta's head is stuck on the shoe. Right. Why he got stuck? Because these things are actually like embedding into his skull. They're so so long, almost like damn golf spikes. I mean, they were they were long tacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as like Jurassic Express and the Lucha Brothers, mm-hmm. they've you know they've kind of laid the groundwork. They have. And they have, especially, especially with the past the last few weeks. Few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! You took my line. <laughs> get your own. Man. So, so this mean? You, do I have to get the couch looked at? Did you put a bug in in my couch, dude? No, no. That's not what he put in your couch. Um, Whoa! <laughs> I was sitting awful comfortable. I'm just saying. Uh, we go from and again. This pay per view did not stop. It did not give you a moment where you really had to go. Like, all right, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm gonna go get some food. I mean. We did, we did try to sneak off, grab snacks when we could, but it was really difficult to pull off um, because you were afraid you're going to miss something. We go from the tag title match, which was, as we said, just phenomenal, to the Casino Battle Royale, the Women's Casino Battle Royale. And uh, anytime a Battle Royale happens, it's, there's a lot to cover, a lot to talk about, but it's really kind of hard to keep track. The thing that really comes away... From from what I can recall here is one sky blue, don't know who you are. Um, I know that you are a, a local Chicago favorite, and for all of our listeners in Chicago, not trying to play disrespect, but I had no idea why she was in this battle royal. For local flair, local flair, yeah. Okay, so there you go, and I'm okay with that. 
she had a decent showing for herself. I mean, she wasn't in there very long. Uh, we got plenty of time to let her character grow. I'm sure Tony Khan was happy to see a local person kind of get some attention there. But really, the story of this of this battle royal is Ruby Soho, and and her interaction with Thunder Rosa. That Rob, I think you mentioned it earlier. Um, we've got some stories here that could really unfold. You can definitely see Soho and, and Britt Baker having a, a knockdown drag out, but Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho could have a great match as well. I mean, I think you had like every battle royal, you got the one, you got the moments that you're like, eh, Ooh, that's not good. The ones that get eliminated easily, the ones that, you know, still, you know, and technically Ruby Soho did not win. Because Rio did not get eliminated, <laughs> but uh, he does yeah. have a valid point. Uh, Let's turn Rio heel. I can't wait to see what a heel Rio does. Yeah. No, Rio seriously, I want to see the that. Longest casino battle royal. No, um, <laughs> but I mean, it just goes to show you that I mean, like you said, those kind of matches have their luster. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously each suit had their 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 names, and then their also includes. You know, <laughs> like um, you had your, your main names in the suit, and then the ones who that you didn't even realize they came to the ring until the camera was like, "Oh, look, somebody new's getting beat up." Um, so um, I thought it was good. I just. I thought the the way it was, it flowed well, and it it kind of went fast too. You know, I mean, they kind of they brought people in, but then they also threw them, start throwing them out pretty quick. Yeah, I like the the way the casino battle royale is set up. I like the the sending them out in waves is pretty cool. That way, it's not just. I mean, it goes by faster. You can literally accomplish the same task as a Royal Rumble, just faster, and at the pace it, it is. That the way the Joker is set up, even if it's not a surprise debut, it's still a surprise as to who draws the Joker. Would you ask a question? I'm sorry. No, actually, in that that situation, I just kind of figured maybe Rob had something else to say. Brian, we'll go back to you. Your thoughts on the battle royal. No, no, he thought you were going to say Yeah, yeah, I thought you were just going to add something to that, but that's totally fine. Basically, he punked you out on the show. Uh, okay, no. he was like, "Let me double, let me, let me double cross Rob here." And just... Hey, 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 shitster! You have an opinion on the battle royal or not? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Uh, I mean, what say you? <laughs> so the battle royal, of course, not my favorite. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong; it, it wasn't a bad b- battle royal. But, you know, it's just not my favorite. Uh, As far as the uh, Joker comment about you don't know who the Joker is, yeah, you kind of do. Because (laughs) uh, if you go look at the the poster Mm -hmm. for the Battle Royal, it shows everybody but the Joker. Um, So the Joker's a gimme. Well, I'll be damned. Uh, No, you didn't. You ruined it. You ruined it. I mean... Yeah, I, I, but I did like about the Battle Royal was that they continued all these little storylines, right? From Anna Jay and Tay Conti getting together, 
to Hater and Rebel mm-hmm. to um, Nyla Rose and oh, I'm uh, escaping the name. Um, oh, Jade Cargill. Yeah. Right. So they they got into it a little bit. Uh, Jade uh, double sided tape may help next time. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, well, <laughs> it was slippery. Yeah. Yeah, it was slippery. I'm not sure if it popped out, but uh, I think it was probably darn close. <laughs> and since you were fooling with it the whole match, uh, double side tape next time. Um, <laughs> Got to keep it adjusted. Wrong with it, right? Yeah, they, you know, you know, not the, you know, whatever, right? Who are we I to mean, complain? Janet, yeah, Janet did it, right? So yeah, who are we? Right? <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of art, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for the sake of art. Um, so I, you know, it was kind of cool about that. Uh, they did continue storylines, and then, of course, the introduction of the big new one will be Thunder Rosa and Soho, which, again, I hope they pull off first or somehow another turn it into some three-way somewhere down the line with Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, and Soho. I think that could be money. Yeah, I approve this message. That's a damn good yeah. idea. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, it's a battle role, um, unless you're going to bring back the bunkhouse stampede in a cage, I'm talking like the original where in order to leave the cage, you have to be thrown off the top of the cage. And please do that. God, please, when please. When it's your turn. Yeah. But when it's your turn to go, you just kind of climb the cage yourself and be like, oh, okay, I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, did they used to throw him out the door too? They might have, but I, uh, there were a lot more like we're going to fight to the top of the cage and then I'm going to dump you out instead okay. of somebody just like holding the rope and be like, no, I'm not climbing. Throw me out. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> There's a reason Dusty won. How many of them? <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it served its purpose. Not not my favorite for the night, but I am glad that the storylines they work the storylines into it. Well, and I agree with you, Brian. Like, I think that's the way that if they take the belt off Britt Baker anytime soon, that'll be the way they do it. Uh-huh. They'll put him in a three-way where it'll be Thunder Rosa, Soho, and Britt Baker. You know, also it's a way to, for, for Britt Baker to come on top, come out on top and not, and them to Soho and Thunder Rosa not lose anything. Right. You know, so. so we go from, you know, hey, Ruby Soho. Back to so- you, boss. <laughs> that, gee, <laughs> gee, thanks. Uh, you sound so enthused when you if say that. If he's the Let shit me- stirrer, that means you're the shit thrower, right? Wow. Shit wow. starter. Shit. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. That's how we going to do it? That's how we going to Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Well done. I'm the, I, I'm the we- member shit. You know, Rob, I think what we need to do, <laughs> he's the we need CRS. to get him a bell. We need to get Stan a bell. So every time he's a bell, yeah. Every time he's about to end a sentence or ask a question, he needs to ring it. Bing. Yeah. All right, on to the next topic. Bing. <laughs> Actually, I like get a countdown like one of those ESPN shows, you know. Oh, <laughs> can we please directly rip off ESPN? That'd be awesome. You have a sixty seconds to talk about this topic. Go. Ah, oh, damn it. So have you bought your AEW belt yet? Not yet, not yet. But I'll have more more update on that next week. 
there will be an update on the AEW title. <laughs> so for those for those keeping track at home, I'm a belt collector. There's no no secret. I'm a huge belt mark. My favorite belt is the title that Ron Simmons won from Vader. That's my absolute favorite. But you know, if your favorite belt became the one that you put around your pants, your gut may not fall out of it as much. I mean, it's, it's based off of the pandemic. All I ever wear is sweats anyway. So who needs a belt? <laughs> he's, he's one. He's one Walmart trip away from strap shoes. Oh, yeah. Ouch! Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> he didn't say that. Got it with the strap is. Damn it. <laughs> But anyway, he got the Velcro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Damn, not a Macklemore reference. All right. So we go from the uh, the debut of Ruby Soho to, again, still not getting a chance to catch our breath to the final fight with MJF and Chris Jericho. I was a little concerned going into this matchup, Brian, that that Jericho would be not up to pace. But I said it last night. I'll say it again tonight. The man just never stops. He is, obviously, he's a legend. There's no way anybody will ever top his run. Mm, I mean, I I think it's a legendary run, but I won't, I won't, I mean, the, the problem is, you know, it's kind of like flair, right? Nobody overtop it. Right. And then we've gotten close with Cena, right? Jericho's the same way, right? So nobody ever get close. Nobody right. ever top it. But AEW, you know, you know, especially there are several that come to mind that are, you know, early 20s that right mm-hmm. now are becoming major superstars. Um, and who knows where their career is going to pan out. Um but it, there's no doubt it's a legendary career that I actually thought was going to end last night. In well, AEW, anyway. With everything story-wise that they've done, AEW doesn't necessarily leave breadcrumbs for how something's going to end. But sometimes you can tell. And in this one, I kind of felt like that was the build. The build was, we're going to put Jericho at the broadcast booth for Rampage, and that's how he's going to transition out. Mm-hmm. And AEW is crazy enough to do it. Right. I mean, what do they so, have to lose? Yeah, and, and maybe maybe it was that thought process that I, I figured this was it for Jericho, at least until, you know, Fozzie's done touring and, and you know, he comes back in six months and maybe he does Yellow Dog and tricks MJF into getting the stipulation lifted. Um Yellow Dog, by the way, was Barry Windham under a costume all in yellow. So that's for those youngins, go look it up. Um, you, you want to Google it, kids, as Jim Ross would yeah. say. <laughs> no, he says Crimson Mask right after I say it. That That oh, is you. true. Now, oh, is I, true. I can't tell you how many times it happened because I lost count. But Brian's <laughs> house has to be bugged. By somebody from AEW. It's Jericho. I'm telling you, it's Jericho. They did it to us in WCW. Yep. They did it to us in the WWE when he was there, and now they're doing it in AEW, and it's got to be Jericho. So I'm going to find out one of these days. 
And when I do, Chris, I'm seeking royalties. You're going to owe me. You hear me? Penalties. Royalties. Penalties. <laughs> but so, you know, this this was the one match, and maybe it was because I was, in my mind, I was figuring on Jericho losing. Right. That I was not really looking forward to. Right. I didn't think Jericho would be up to task with MJF. Um, and again, it's the thought that they, a, a Tony Khan is wacky enough to pull the trigger on something like that. Um, but I will have to say, I was actually pleasantly surprised that I was wrong in every aspect. I think Jericho wrestled one of the best matches he's had in a long time. Definitely. Uh, MJF doesn't disappoint. Shows why he's a great heel. The dusty finish, as was called on air, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think was spot on because there was a little bit of a delay before the second ref pointed out to Aubrey that, oh, the foot was on the rope. So for like, you know, again, <laughs> 10 seconds, you're kind of stunned like, oh, crap, they did it. Uh, only to have the match restarted and Jericho oh. pull the win. What happened? No, no, no. no. Don't tell keep, me. Don't keep tell going. Me. Keep going. Okay. All right. Now I lost my train thought. But anyway, so again, right, I was, this was the match that I was pleasantly surprised over. Um, they, I don't think they disappointed. No, there, there's no way you, you could have gone into this matchup expecting anything but, you know, some some degree of insanity, MJF had a hell of a showing. Chris Jericho proving yet again why he is uh, Le Champion. Rob, your thoughts on what was supposed to, what could have been Chris Jericho's final fight, the career versus uh, MJF? Well, I mean, I think it was just your typical, like, the way they had done the labors and they had, they had this and how, you know, leading up to it, MJF had kind of started freaking out because, you know, Chris Jericho kept beating the labors and keep going and going. And so, you know, MJF being the heel he is, uh, took matters into his own hands. Well, they built it from the beginning with the the weight of the, the back and forth and the back and forth. And it just goes down to show you that Chris Jericho is probably one of the best storytellers this business has ever seen. Right. I mean, even at this point in his career, he continues to put up storylines and moments in matches where you're like, holy shit, he's actually going to lose. You know, that moment when he was looking on his knees, looking up and he's just like, you know, you're like, I know I had that moment. I was like, maybe he's going to lose. But then to turn it around and to to pull it off. I mean, it's just, uh, again, it was a masterful way that Chris Jericho and MJF pulled it off, tore, told the story. And because, as we've said before, Chris Jericho doesn't need anything. Right. You know, some people are like, oh, well, this means that now Chris Jericho can go for the title. Chris Jericho doesn't need the AEW title. You know, the AEW title needed Chris Jericho at the beginning, you know, to to give it legitimacy. But now 
Chris Jericho's just there to have fun. Mm-hmm. He's not going after belts. And as I think Brian said, you know, Fozzie may be touring soon or something. So maybe he's going to be like, you know, peace, I'm out for a little while, you know. But because we've said it several times on this show and in our talks at this stage in his career that he is this active, you know, and this involved. Now, granted, would it have been a would it have hurt anything for him to go to commentary full time? Hell no. He has got an amazing gift on the microphone during matches. Right. So, I mean, I think that we'll see it eventually. And I think we may see it again from time to time, him coming on as like a special person doing pay-per-views and stuff like that. So I thought it was a great, I mean, this, this pay-per-view so far from beginning to now is, was just solid. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to, to find and not that I'm looking for it, but it's really hard to think of, man, I would have done this maybe differently or maybe done that a little differently because Outside of where maybe some of the matches Wait. could have been placed, this—I mean, so far up to up to this matchup, this this pay per view was damn near perfect. Wait though. Wait though. There's more. Well, yeah, because I would just like to say that uh, you know, if I'm doing corner to corner, I like drinking drink that's been around since 1885. Twenty three flavors of goodness. And a nice, cool Dr. Pepper. I can't tell you how excited I would be to have that sponsorship. I drink that on the daily. There's no, you couldn't contain it. It's almost like CM Punk coming back. So, so our, our listeners need to get out there in social media and start hitting hitting up Dr. Pepper. Hit him up. It's a C two C for Dr. P. Now, and why I did right there. About- Yep, that was good. Good job. But now, you, while you're talking about doing things differently, do something different. We're not. We're not let you gonna. We're not gonna let you touch on MJF and Jericho. We're gonna flip the script, and we're gonna let you go first on CM Punk and Darby Allen. Ah, see, that's 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 why you're my boy. You're my boy, boy. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, Rob. That, there you right, go. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks very much. Your turn, Rob. Damn it! No. You had your back in the archives. We can pre-record. We can play Stan's pre-recorded comments of I love CM Punk. CM Punk is so great. (laughs) I. It would have been is almost as if SummerSlam 2002 had happened. Stop. He's still mad because that shirt is blown. I know. I I am mad. I am mad about that. Let your co-host talk right now. It's our turn. We'll give. We'll. We'll let you discuss it. On your pre-recorded comments, <laughs> Dan, we'll get to your comments right after this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Stay. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm not kidding. kidding. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> Come on, Stan. Go ahead. Can't. Guys, won't let me. Come on, Stan. No, I know what I'm being baited. Here, boy. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. That's great. Come on, Dan. Dan, what what do you think about CM Punk? I'd throw my headphones, but they have a cord attached. I can't do it. Dan, <laughs> what did you think about CM Punk? I was pumped for it. It doesn't matter, matter what you Oh, not, not the damn rock. Why, why the rock? Why? He why the got rock? him. He got him. Oh, my goodness. 
And it sounded so very rock-like, too. I mean, I almost thought Dwayne Johnson that is was, in, evil. was in my ear set. I can't believe <laughs> I let you that. do the rock. Damn you. <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> that is that's fantastic. <laughs> I could just mute you. Oh, yeah, but you're, lu- you're lucky you would mute yourself and then me and Rob would just... Have a, have a time of her life. Okay, so no lie, that has happened before. <laughs> I may have done that once <laughs> for a whole show. <laughs> it was a very highly rated show, too. It was. It was one of our best downloads. Yeah, it was a good show. It was one of my faves. One of my faves. Yes. I'll say this. I had no idea what to expect going into this matchup. I did not know if CM Punk was going to be CM Punk from 2012, 2011, or if he was going to be one of those guys that comes back maybe one time too many, and there's obvious, like, can't hit the spear, can't hit the jackhammer kind of moments. But Wait, this, what? he does a jackhammer? He probably would, just to say F you to Goldberg. <laughs> he would probably do it, and then just get a one count. Just saying. The matchup itself was a great throwback to, a lot of people pointed it out, I've seen it all over Twitter, a throwback to the 1-2-3 kid in Bret Hart. So, (laughs) why you got to throw these nuts in there? (laughs) There's no comment I could have made to that, by the way, that was going to make that work. I'm sorry, I've just been waiting this whole time with bated breath that you were going to open end a statement. That I could get a D's nuts in there. <laughs> You've always wanted to put D's nuts in there. And I can't do it. This doesn't work. <laughs> He's been waiting to redeem D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> not <Go> fair. Redeem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stop dragging it out, man. Come on. I know. Get, I know. What you gave me the you gave me the time. That, that would make sense. Where it like mirrors. Tight said the Redeemer, and the other guys was redeemed these nuts. <laughs> I felt like this matchup was was built up nicely. It had the right amount of time to do, and it it didn't really have a story to tell outside of could CM Punk win the, win in his return, and thank God he did because it would have been super embarrassing if he hadn't. Um, and I think that would have been been a tough one to pull, but I, I think. I think what AEW would have done versus what what WWE would have done is if he had lost in his return match, it would have been more compelling. If, if that well, I mean, makes Cross sense. loses as an NXT champ, just changing brands because Raw is so much, you know. Let me help so you there's out There's no there. doubt he would have lost there. That's Demolition Cross to you, Okay, buddy. whatever. Uh, so my thoughts real quick. I, am, I was kind of uh, glad it did go pretty well for punk you know seven years of ring rust and all that yep but i did kind of like the evil punk that <laughs> came out every once in a while you know I was what i'm saying waiting for him I, I we joked about it during during the pay-per-view but i was truly waiting for him to just go into full heel turn and just yeah. start beating the piss out of darby smacking him on the back of the head like Part of me thought, no, that would make better sense. But well, that one turnbuckle spot 
holy cow, I thought he was dead. Where he whips him into the turnbuckle and Darby like goes sideways and shoots between two of them. Yeah. Yeah, and hits the post and then kind of like flies off the other direction and goes flat on the floor. So... Well, then there was also the coffin drop where Darby dives for the coffin drop and Punk just sits up laughing because, you know, like he totally saw it coming, quote unquote, which actually was hilarious. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So not a, not a bad return match. Hopefully he'll get, he'll get his uh, sea legs under him and uh, he'll keep improving. Yeah. So I mean, there, there wasn't the ring rust that you thought we're going to see. You didn't see him getting blown up like you expected, you know, I mean, obviously him coming back after so long, you expected something. Right. But, um, as I was joking last night, the only thing I could find out was maybe he should have shaved and cut his hair because he looked really old at certain points, you know, (laughs) but, um, I mean, it's quality match. I mean, from beginning to end, he and Darby had a good match. It wasn't your typical, hey, this guy hasn't been in the ring a long time, so somebody had to protect him. Mm-hmm. It was, there was plenty of time out in that match that CM Punk was on his own. CM Punk had to do his own thing, you know? And the fact that they had somebody the caliber of Sting not even come to the ring, where they could easily had Sting out there to help kind of take the attention off of, you know? But they didn't. And then at the end, the way it ended with them shaking hands and walking away, quality match. And I think he's going to drill Orange Cassidy right between the eyes when he pulls that uh, hands in the pants thing. Who, Punk? Punk, yeah. Yeah, he's going to hit either that or he'll let Cassidy turn and kick him right in the back of the head. Yeah, he'll do something. I think that's when you'll get Punk in the gray area. He'll slide further into heel mode. He's going to go to sleep with his hands in the paint. Ooh, that might might be a pretty good uh, ending to a match. Catch him with his hands in the pants. (laughs) (laughs) This could go so many directions. (laughs) What would it be? G-T-S-H-I-P? I-P. Go to sleep, hands in pants. (laughs) Now we're giving away t-shirt ideas. Damn. Yep, here it comes. Here comes here another comes. one. I swear to Pete. All right, so let's move on because uh, we're running out of time to get to the main event. Well, and that's a good thing because that's where we're headed. Wait, wait. Okay, no, we'll can't. give you we'll give 60 seconds more? to the next matchup. 60 seconds, here we go. Uh, Paul White, QT Marshall. They built up this matchup fairly well. I mean, we saw the... The interaction between the gun club and them turning heel on Paul White. Uh, Paul White coming to the rescue for Tony Schiavone's kid who wanted to, um, you know, I guess wants to be an AEW superstar. And we get, I think it was five minutes. I think this matchup was approximately five minutes. Paul White winning with the choke slam. Got all the greatest hits, Rob. What did you think of this one? Uh my favorite part was when they referred to him as the big show. Um, <laughs> but, and not, and that's not to knock JR. I mean, it was just, Hey, you know, people by names for so long. Hell, there's times you call your own kids their own names. Um, but 
it was this match was one of those that could have been put anywhere in the card, mm-hmm. and it was literally probably put in front of the the main event to give people a chance to go to the bathroom. But as they said, as many as many surgeries as Paul White has had over the last few years, to be able to come out at his age, at his size, and still have a match like that, mm-hmm. it was good. QT Marshall needs to work on his costumes, but um, Paul White, quality. He can give uh, Mark Henry his outfit back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that looked. Uh... The only thing that, that made me uncomfortable about this match was watching Paul White walk to the ring. Well, even in the ring. Yeah, just uh, very awkwardly walking. Just didn't seem very safe. Yeah, but uh, again, something tells me that while this may not be like a one-off match, you're not you're probably not going to see Paul White all that often. So maybe he, you know, maybe they gave it to him just so he could get in there one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think if it's anybody besides QT, it probably goes bad for Paul. Um, as far as like his legs and his hip, mm-hmm. uh, I do think that QT is like one of those very underrated individuals that can probably out wrestle the whole roster. Um, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? No, never I can given see it. His, yeah. Never given his due, but could probably out-wrestle everybody else. Like, legitimately out-wrestle everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for that, I'm thankful that, you know, at least he, he, he got QT and not one of, you know, like, uh, one of QT's guys mm-hmm. and something happened and, you know, Paul gets injured. But um, I do agree with Rob. I think the placement of this was... Hey, if you're going to go for popcorn, you better go now. Right. Which, I mean, hey, it makes sense because <clears throat> there was not any break, really, in the entire show and outside of this matchup. And even this matchup, because it was so quick, wasn't bad to watch. You didn't necessarily have to sit through it. You, you know, you had, like I said earlier, you had your greatest hits. You know, he did his uh, weapon of mass destruction, which didn't knock out anybody. Uh, a choke slam or two, and we all went home happy, so to speak, at the end of that match. So, you know, I, I got, I would agree with you. I think QT Marshall probably doesn't get enough credit for making people look as good as he does. Um, I joked earlier about saying saying that he didn't necessarily need to be on television, but truly, he is. He's actually quite good. Um, but this puts us to the main event: Kenny Omega and Christian Cage for the AEW Championship. And um, let's see, we started with Rob. Let's go to Brian. Brian. Uh, your thoughts on the, the world title match. So are we going to do the world title match and then what happens after? Or um, do, do both. everything? Do, in the interest of time, do let's both. do both. In yeah. the interest of time. Uh, Brian like, gets to be the news releaser. Uh, I mean, like, holy poop. <laughs> No, we've right. said shit like I, I mean, five thousand times tonight, and you can't say "holy poop." Holy oh, mother! Yeah. I, I try to I try to be on my best behavior. Gee, I thanks. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, <laughs> like so, we talked about it earlier, right? And and you know, I, again, I said earlier about the match, and you know, so I'm not really going to cover that. But like we talked last night, 
earlier in the night about, you know, doing a Cole than a Danielson and, you know, then maybe a page back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, would they do it? Or, you know, would they even think about doing it? And so we get to the end of the match. And of course, you know, Kenny gets on the mic and I think finally Kenny, the Kenny last night was probably closer for me to like the cleaner. Yeah. than he has been right. Very pointed, Matter of fact, I'm the best in AEW type promo. Um, you know, there's nobody that can beat me. There's nobody retired that can beat me. Or nobody here that can beat me. Nobody that's retired that can beat me. Nobody is dead that can beat me. And boom. All right, there go the lights. And... The only thing I could think of, right, and again, up, in, you know, you hear the rumors, right? Adam Cole, Daniel Bryanson, you know, Paige is still in the mix somewhere, right? So there's there's all these big names, right? Bray Wyatt, you know, there's there's all the or not Bray Wyatt, but Wyndham Rotunda, there's you know, there's all these names, right, that are still out there that you don't know for sure if they're coming, and you know, even though it's hinted at Cole. To me, he was the last one on my mind, right? But then when the when the music hits and the the trons light up and they, it scrolls through and it says AC, you're like, holy, holy fuck balls, right? There, better, <laughs> jeez, better. Okay, yeah, he took it up a notch with that. Yeah, but but anyway, but I mean, this is one bad. of those moments, <laughs> right? Again, you're not expecting him. You know, it's the best, worst-kept secret. But you're not expecting him. You're expecting uh, Danielson. And you get Adam Cole. And then, you know, the place erupts. And he comes to the ring, and you get the Adam Cole, baby. And, you know, you, you get the goosebumps, right? I mean, I got him. You know, I think your wife, you know, she said she was getting them. I think you said you were getting them somewhere along the way. And then he super kicks Jungle Boy. And for a Bullet Club fan or an Elite fan, you're like, oh, the world is now right. <laughs> he's you, back you to know the what dead. I'm <laughs> yes, the world is now right for, for, for us. You know, one of the few remaining stragglers is back in the fold and – the hugs and the kisses and you're like oh what a what a way to end this night Mm -hmm. because now with adam cole you forget about ryan danielson right it was it was very clever you you know the misdirect that makes you forget about the second surprise you know there goes kenny once again i bid you adieu you know and then Ride of the Valkyries hit, and you're like, what the? I mean, the goosebumps just went down, and now the goosebumps are back up because here comes, you know, Daniel Bryanson, and it's like, you know, it, this isn't going to be the sports entertainer. This is going to be the wrestler from ROH and all these other places. This is a guy we've wanted to see in so long. 
and here he comes. And, you know, for a wrestling fan, it was, it was again, a magic AEW moment. And you knew they were coming, but they were able to swerve you not once but twice in, I think, 90 seconds. And, I, you know, again, they, there's, there's, while the match was great, the, the end sequence is the cherry on top of a beautiful pay-per-view. That would be the bell. Ding, 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 ding. I'm tapping Rob, out. Main event, <laughs> all of the debuts. I mean, how do you keep track of it all, man? How do you handle this? Well, I mean, I think if you look at the match by itself, the match was a hard-hitting match from beginning to end. You know, there was many times in that match that you seriously thought that, wait a minute, Christian Cage was going to take it. You know? And there was times that you're like, wow, they didn't use a gimmick table. That hurt. Um, and it was just a great match. But the Brian, Brian couldn't set it better, you know? When it ended... And the match ended the way it did. And then they said, you know, what Kenny Omega said, that he's the only one that can do it. No one else can do it. And then, boom, you had Adam Cole. And for a minute there, we were all like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. But then I think all of it all, it all occurred to all of us at the same time. We're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're not enemies. They're there you go. You know? And then it's like, boom. So then, who had us again? So it's just like Brian said, a quality match and a way to end a pay-per-view. Especially when you only have pay-per-views quarterly, like the the old days before they had to throw them down, shove them down your throat. It was a great way to end a pay-per-view. Dan, how would you like to round out the next three minutes? <laughs> this matchup itself, I was concerned because I didn't want to see them try to repeat what they had already done, and I was grateful that they didn't. It was a completely different style matchup. It delivered it in a completely different way, even though it was still great. Um, with Adam Cole's debut, that was the one that I wasn't really sure was going to take place, so that one shocked me more than Brian Danielson, but... Having both of them at the same, almost at the same time, like this, the the way it was done, Brian pointed it out really well. You know, Omega's doing the I bid you adieu routine, and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, here comes Adam Cole. Like, what? And that that's that's the first part. And, and yes, it's absolutely true. We got goosebumps in that whole that whole layout by the way that's his new theme that i played a few seconds of at the beginning of the show you can check it out on youtube it's available right now for download through apple apple music through aew music i believe uh at the same point then you get a few seconds in he super kicks jungle boy uh just a wow here we go it's it's the elite all together and then you cue the flight of the valkyries and you're like, wait a damn second because you, you kind of kind of for a second there you forget that you know, Danielson is is rumored to be there because they they didn't confirm it necessarily, but it was either that or he was going to show at the the Arthur Ashe show. And when they had him come down, I was like, oh, man, don't because I was kind of worried they were going to do like a whole NWO thing where he turns bad, too. But thank God he didn't because that would have really sucked, actually. 
Um, but he comes to the ring. The crowd is ridiculous. They're doing the yes chants. There, there was just the only thing that would have made it better if they had played his old Ring of Honor theme, the the final countdown. Um, and I don't even know how many fans would have truly gotten that. The fans in attendance definitely would have. But when it comes to the casuals, I, I really don't know. Great way to end the pay-per-view. Solid way to just leave everybody feeling giddy and what's coming next. Just a huge buzz. And that was just... I don't know if you can get any better. I really don't. From top to bottom, just delivering this pay-per-view... Um, I think it was Sonny in the corner-to-corner chat that said it was like a 4.75 out of 5 was how he ranked it. And that might honestly, that might be the best way to grade this pay-per-view. Because so give it, was, it a grade. All right, well, I, I got to you know stick with him. So I'll, I'll say out of 5, I'll say 4.75. It was damn near perfect. I was going to say I'd give it a solid A. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian. Yeah, I, I, I'll do the A too. Um, so let me ask you all this, right? So we've seen a lot of wrestling in our time, right? Oh, yeah. We've seen a lot of single moments, mm-hmm. right? That that will be remembered for a very long time, right? From Shane Douglas trashing the the title, from Medusa trashing the title, from you know, Austin and all this other stuff. Have we ever seen a one-two punch in 90 seconds like that? That y'all can think of? Hmm. No. Maybe the Outsiders. Yeah, but they came out separate, right? When they first came out? Wasn't it Hall first? Yeah, that's true. It was Hall, and then a few weeks later it was Nash. Nash, yeah. I mean, I guess there might be, but Rob, is there anything? Any one-two punch? Like in the span of 90 seconds? No, I think this is the first time in a long time that we've had something like that. I mean, even even back with NWO, it was always somebody who was the new person every week. There was Mm -hmm. one person, you know. I guess the last time we had a moment like this was... The Roddy Piper incident, but even that was just a single moment, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, this all elite wrestling. If if everything continues to happen this way, this is a good indication that the whole landscape has totally shifted, and whatever happens next is going to be a hell of a ride. I, I can't wait to see what happens next. Hey, before we start signing off and and uh, heading off here, we have an announcement next week, Monday night next week at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We will be talking to the developers of a new mobile card game called WrestleDeck. Now, you go to WrestleDeck.com. It's going to take you to their Facebook page. These guys are designing it from the ground up. It's already got people on the roster from cheeseburger to leo st giovanni to rachel ellering zicky dice there's a lot of people already there's 11 people listed on their roster already but we're going to talk to him talk to him about the game talk to him about the upcoming developments with that but they'll be joining us next week it's going to be a great great time can't wait can't wait to see another game come out especially since an indie show so how, how do we not give give love to our indie 
indie games. Right, right. So, Whew. all right. What a, what a night. What a week, man. It's going to be exciting to see what happens on Dynamite this week. Raw is still Monday Night Rematch. Uh, the only thing that had me jump out of my seat just a second ago, which is what threw Brian off, was a a shot that uh, Nia Jax threw to Charlotte, but even that ended poorly. Uh, you can catch up with Rob on Twitter at Rob Hefner C2C, Brian on Twitter at Vlad Dragul C2C, and myself at Stan Grubb. Uh, uh, pretty much at C2C Radio Show on Twitter for the show at C2C Radio Show on uh, Instagram, Corner to Corner, and C2C Radio Show.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Have a oh. great night. And wait, wait, wait. Congratulations to Trevor Murdoch for becoming the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Yes, yes. Congratulations to the new World Heavyweight Champion for NWA. Um, I'm told, actually, his matchup with Aldis was quite good. All kidding aside, uh, that's that's really a solid movement moment. And you can catch up with that on YouTube as well as NWA Empower. I will be linking that show to the website here in the next couple of minutes. So that'll do it. From all of us here at C2C Radio Show, have a great night, everybody. You know what's all about I'm so glad to Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 